All right, folks. This is Barack Lurie of the Lurie Law Podcast. With me, my producer, Ari David. All right. We're listening to a new song from Wilco today. One of my favorites. Oh, man, so awesome. Anyway, we, uh, we love the law here at uh, Lurie & Associates. And uh, we love it as painful as it often is because uh, it is very stressful. But we really enjoy highs and lows in this business. I got to tell you, it's, uh, I'm sure there are a lot of highs and lows in a lot of professions. But, you know, and, and, and sometimes I wish for none of the highs and none of the lows. Uh, for example, I would love to be a dentist. I can see that. That'd be great. You know, because your highs and lows are very limited, right? You know, you go in and you see a bunch of cavities. You might have a root canal. You might have this and that. But it's not a question of winning or losing. You know, it, you, you don't say, well, that root canal got the best of me today. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he won. <laughs> and he sucked me into the mouth and what killed me. What if you're the best dentist in the world and you don't have anyone good to go to? Well, there you go. I guess that's another, that's, that's another issue. <laughs> there you yeah. go. But you, you get the idea. It's, uh, it's hard. It's, um, you know, if you're a writer, um, that's great. But you might have a down day in terms of being able to uh, think a, a great thought here and there. But that's, you might write a great chapter. You might feel more productive than other days. But it doesn't make a, a bad day. You don't have victories and losses, victories and losses, victories and losses, day in and day out. That's the way it is in the life of a litigator. Uh, putting them aside the, the business of getting business, which is, is always a challenge in and of itself. So um, very stressful, very stressful. And throughout all that, Ari, you have people who, uh, I mean, you're, you're in the business of getting things done right, right? Because if you make a mistake, you know, it's survivable. But if you make it a mistake too often, um, you can really screw up. And there are times where you just have to admit you've made a mistake. You're going to make a mistake. Even as a lawyer, you're, not a, you're expected to be, you're expected to meet the, the professional standard. But at the same time, you're not expected to um, be uh, perfect. So you're, you're expected to make mistakes. And there's actually a system in the, uh, there's, a, there's a motion that you can file in State, in state courts, and there's an equivalent in, in federal courts where you make a mistake and something bad happened as a result of it, you can file what's called a 473 motion in state court or a 60 motion, a Rule 60 motion in federal court. And the gist of them is, whoops, Your Honor, I made a mistake. I'm, I really feel bad about this. It's, uh, it's my fault entirely. I just I forgot to calendar the event. Uh, I forgot to mail the document. Whatever it is that, that you screwed up and it had a bad eff effect on you, on your client, uh, your client shouldn't be penalized. So as long as you own up to it, that's the key. And by and large, the courts are supposed to grant such motions. I like that because it brings this whole human element to it. It's very cool, right? Don't you think? Well, if I was OJ's lawyers, could I have <laughs> filed? Uh, I'm really sorry, but my client should have been arrested for murder. Or yeah, no, you can't. You can't use it for purposes of uh, saying I, I could have done a better job as a professional. No, but I mean, I mean that's a bad hypothetical because they did a great job as professionals for right. OJ. Yeah, right, right. If you notice, I always bring up the OJ case. Yes, yes, no, to, to the layman. That's nauseam. the only case that exists. That's right. Um, it, it certainly was a seminal case. I mean, it, it really is an amazing case that way. Yeah, but it's for, but, but it's for lawyer or not uh, evidence or right. something. That's right. 
So it, it really is like you, you made a mistake that had an impact. Like, for example, you forgot to file an answer on behalf of your client uh, within the 30 days that's normally required. And the, <clears throat> the other person gets a default against you. You can file a motion to set aside, which is kind of like a rule 473 motion. And you can say, Your Honor, I'm, I screwed up. I forgot to calendar it right. And let's, let's move this forward and decide this case on the merits, please. And uh, the judge may or may not agree with you. But chances are that they will agree with you because they don't, they don't want to do that. You don't want to lose or win based upon a technicality like that. Uh, but you do have to own up to it. And, of course, you can't do it too often. You can't file 473 motions you know, every week. That's a bad thing. Um, but that's the way it is. And, and I really want to talk about the larger picture, and that's about accepting responsibility. Look, <clears throat> I don't know about you. Sometimes... When somebody says to me, you know what, I didn't get here on time. I, I was supposed to be here at uh, 10 o'clock, whatever. I'm sorry. I, um, there's no excuse. I really should have been here on time. And you waited for me, and I, I don't want to waste your time. Sorry about that. What do you think? You like that? Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's, I like that a lot. Very helpful. Right. Yeah. What if the same guy comes in and says, you know, <clears throat> Uh, he doesn't say anything, first of all. And he says, uh, hey, Charlie, you're late. You know, what's the deal here? And he says, oh, you know what? There's a huge pileup on the, the 405. It was just terrible. And, uh, and uh, my wife was also yelling at me before I got out. And she, she, she pulled me in. And I had to, we had a big fight. Just, you know. So, you know, that's why I'm late. Right? What do you think about that? Not as good. It's not good as, at all. I, I think it's like, don't, I don't need lame. your sob story. Yeah. Don't, don't give me your sob story. It's lame. It's lame. Just say, I'm sorry I'm late. I, I really, just no excuse about it. I should have planned for it better. I didn't. I wasn't there. They know, you know, in that situation, that there is a reason why he's late. He probably was stuck in traffic. Maybe because uh, there was something that, that was pressing at his house that he had to deal with. There's always a reason, but that doesn't mean anything. What, what does mean something is if you accept responsibility for being late, and then you're good to go. That's it. People are, and here's the beautiful thing about it. Is people are very forgiving, especially in the first scenario I just said to you. They are very forgiving. I think you are, too. Yeah, I generally am. Yeah. Like, I mean, the other day, like the other day, we were supposed to have a meeting, and I wasn't there. And I had an arbitration. And sorry, I wasted your time. Yeah. That's, that's yes, the way it is. Did. <laughs> I did. And you know what? I, I accept did. your responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's my responsibility. Yeah. And, and you know what? I could say that it's my arbitration. I was, yeah. But you know, I, was I, totally I believe overwhelmed there's, there's another side to this. And uh, the, I have a particular perspective on this because mm. I have a relative who's incredibly unforgiving about the, the lateness scenario. Oh, is that right? Right. It's it's like difficult. He has a almost a psychosexual hang up about it of abandonment issues or something. Oh, I see. Not to get too deep into it, but something like that. So this relative is completely incapable mm. of forgiving people for being late, in particular. Mm. And uh, that's his issue. It's his issue. So I, I, I'm forgiving about it because to me. Uh, it's not that I don't value my time, but I think there's a, an important dynamic here that there's mm. a certain kind of person that when they're waiting for someone, they're not able to do productive things 
in the extra time there. And I think the per, a person's level of forgiveness of another person's lateness, I'm hoping this isn't some rambling answer that makes no sense, although it might be at this point, is <laughs> I, I believe I'm forgiving of people because I know how to utilize time that comes up. Right. When someone, and I think that people who are incapable of using time productively like that are less inclined to forgive. Yeah, you know what? You make the most of it. You are right. used to waiting for people, so you, you bring your work with you, and you have other things, and you, can, you make do with that time. Yeah. So you're always productive, and that's great. At the same time, you're expected to be here at a certain time, and... Um, they should be able to also. I mean, it has to be a meeting of the minds beyond just a meeting, for that matter. Right, but it's a, a number of things. It's a mutual respect. Thing. It's mutual respect. Yeah. It's, it's each person trying to do their best to be responsible for the other. Uh, and you know, if you have a a relationship based too much on formalities, right. where there's inflexibilities because of those protocols, then you're less likely to make productive time out of that time, and thus less likely to so forgive true. someone. So true. Look, um, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, and um, we have to be forgiving, but we also have to be, in order to be forgiving, we have to be very accepting of our responsibility. In order for, be, for us to be accepting of responsibility, we have to be ready to receive forgiveness, too. Right, and willing to make amends and, right. and offer them right. by if saying, we, I'm sorry, or I wish right. I could have done better. Right. And, and more to that point, um, there, are, there are some issues that... I'm sure you've dealt with this or that person where they, they do the same friggin' thing over and over again. It's the same issue, right? Yeah. It might be lateness, to use your example. Maybe they always leave their clothes, uh, if you have a child you might be, or, or, or a friend for that matter. They're just always leaving their clothes behind. And it's um, a sweatshirt or whatever. And it's really annoying. And you, you finally tell them, look, this is happening too often. It's really annoying to me. And, and it's really something that it's making you hot and bothered. By golly, if you hear, if you see somebody's being really hot and bothered by a particular issue, whether it's lateness or the sweatshirt example I just gave, do something about it. Really focus. Yeah, because, focus, because focus, if you're focus. not, you're pushing their buttons in ways that yeah, don't and, need to be. Whether pushed. you intend to or not, right. you are pushing their buttons. And why would you do that? Why, why would you create such suffering for somebody? It's obviously important to them. Don't do it. You know, even if it's something that you think is irrational, like you're wearing a green shirt today. Let's say I can't stand green shirts. And I, it's just me. I, I, it's irrational, whatever it is, and you just keep on bringing your green shirts in. You know what? Don't be a jerk. Just don't do it. That's all. This is assuming I've been told about the of green shirt Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. You need to be told. That's right. In French would be uh, vertophobia or something. <laughs> Vertophobia. Phobia de verre. Phobia de verre. <laughs> so <laughs> it's only really French if you say like you're about to throw up. Phobia de verre. <laughs> That's the uh, required... Uh, French pronunciation. It has a great rage to it when pronounced with a perfect French accent. It really sounds awesome. I'm never <laughs> wearing a good shirt yeah. again. You can say anything in French and <laughs> wonderful things start happening. <laughs> but look, uh, you know, you just accepting responsibility is a very nice, nice thing. And, and the beauty of it is the receiver will really truly respect you for it. I had a gentleman that was working for me and he made a mistake on one of my cases. He didn't show up at a hearing. And I said to him, that's a bummer. That really, should, that really shouldn't have happened. I expected him to say, I screwed up. Sorry about that. Um, but what did he do? He blamed my secretary. Because my secretary, he said, didn't email him with the information 
Um, and I said, my friend, that dog don't hunt. You've, uh, you've got to own that case. You're on this case. You've got to know everything about it. And you've got to be ready to be responsible. You can't just fall back and say, well, it's their problem. I didn't like it at all. And the funny thing is I told them, if you just accept responsibility, I'll give you forgiveness. I'll think more highly of you. Instead, I think really lowly, low of you right now. And he continued to insist that his interpretation of events was reasonable. And I said, I don't care how, how reasonable you think you are. You're wrong. You are responsible. You're the professional. You need to be res re responsible for it. In any event, at the end of the day, he finally owned up to it. But uh, even then, he didn't do it in a, in a good way. He still tried to weasel out of it in many different ways. Um, and so he's not going to be working with me anymore. I, I need people that uh, I can not only trust, but who are uh, who are capable of accepting responsibility. Well, well, that's part of trust because you know we're all humans here. We're not robots. We're gonna yeah. screw something up right. sooner or later. And, and it's just it, it, the the quality of the relationship is based on how well mm -hmm. that anomaly goes right and how unpainful it is and right. when it's really painful and really uncomfortable and awkward you don't want to do that again it's like yeah. you know when people feel you're hiding the ball from them or trying to create excuses as to why they didn't do something that then you can't trust them that, that's a right. good point they, they, they're actually related yourself, to each other yeah what are the other things that I, I don't know about you that's right you know it's it's a and instead when when somebody's an accepting responsibility sort of person uh, you know that they're on top of it, and at the very least, you'll know what's going what's going wrong in yeah. something. It, law is difficult. You, you you have to pay attention to a lot of details. I'm not going to be a lawyer. I've seen what kind of job that is. <laughs> it's a detail-oriented thing, and, <laughs> yeah. and and you will make mistakes. Um, and and of course, understand that we talked about about 473 motions and 60B motions, and that's what it's for. It, it accepts the fact that you're a human, but at the same time, you have to accept responsibility. Likewise, the other side of this coin that I wanted to share with you today is about giving credit where credit's due. Um, so often, Ari, it's really shocking to me. Um, I see professionals, whether lawyers or doctors or otherwise, they're clearly taking credit for somebody else's research, uh, argument, uh, way of thinking, what have you. It's transparent. And that lawyer will take all the credit Whereas somebody else really thought about the idea or whatever. And once again, it's so transparent, just like the person who's trying to shuck off blame. It's transparent that they're trying to take credit where they shouldn't be taking credit. I did this great thing. Well, not really, Bob did this great thing. He was the one who came up with this argument. And I will, in the same way that I will go out of my way to accept responsibility for a mistake, even if I have all the excuses in the world. I will try to find a way instead to accept responsibility for it. Um, it may very well be, you know, I, I instructed my secretary, please mail it out. Please mail it out. She didn't mail it out. I can't, I can't literally be on top of, of that situation. I'm, I'm away from my office. What am I supposed to do? Call her three times a day and say, did you get it out? Did you get it out? I, I'm entitled to assume that she did it, especially when she tells me that she did it, but she didn't do it, right? I'll still say, you know what, Your Honor, at the end of the day, uh, that's, that falls on me. It's my responsibility. It didn't happen. That's my fault. And it's okay. You know what? It's great in the eyes of, of your colleagues, great in the eyes of the judge, great in the eyes of your family, and great in the eyes of God. That's what it's all about. Likewise, maybe even more so for credit. I'm going to give credit more often to other people 
I'll give them the credit more often than I'll give the credit for myself. I, I won't give them undue credit, but if I have a great idea, I'll try to find a way to say that somebody else also helped me think of this, this idea. And I'll give, give an example today. Um, one of my associates, his name is Mike, uh, we had a very tough motion to fight today. And the ruling, there's a, something called a tentative ruling. It's written down and you can go there to court and you'll get a tentative ruling as to what the judge is inclined to do. And the ruling was against us and pretty aggressively so. And I looked at it and I didn't know how we'd be able to get out of it. And Mike went about flipping this, what we call flipping the tentative. And he, uh, he argued his way through this, and I think very reasonably and passionately so, and was able to flip almost all of it, such that it's completely nullified now. And actually, we actually got something great out of it in the process as well. I don't want to bore you with the details. It was such a good result. And frankly, I don't know that I would have been able to do what he did. Okay? I'd like to be able to say, yeah, that's what I would have done. Yeah, sure. Because I sent him down there. I, do. you know, I didn't attend the hearing. But between you and me and everyone who's listening, I don't know if I could, I could have done what he did. Uh, he had a lot of presence of mind, a lot of, a lot of chops uh, to do what he did. Um, I like to think I can, that I could have done it, but who knows? Well, I'll give you credit because you hired him as one of your associates. That's true. That was a good decision. So, that I take go. credit for. <laughs> yeah. That I take credit for. Very much yeah. so. And, and even so, and then there's telling the client about good news, for example. The temptation is often to say, you know, use the royal we. Well, we argued this, we argued that. You know, I hear a lot of partners doing that. Isn't that great? And I, I always loved it when the partner said, I remember when the partner said, well, Bob here, he, uh, he, was, he, he made that argument, not me. He came up with that argument all by himself, and it was a winner. I remember uh, a partner friend of mine, did, a partner in my old firm did that, and I thought that was so classy. And the client was so impressed with that as well. Everyone knows it. So might as well give credit for it. And then Bob feels good about it. You feel good about it. You did the right thing. And the client respects you for it as well. So give credit as much as you can. Well, as much as you can. Right. It comes from, I think, a principle that so many people miss, which is they're inclined to want to be superstars in life. Yeah. They all want to be the equivalent of the best player on a team in whatever vocation they right. have. And they don't understand the best players on the team are usually team players mm-hmm. who are star makers because they give assists to the to other people and make other people better. Right. And uh, I think that's, you know, so lost in so many people that if you want to be really great, make everyone else great. That's right. Oh, well, know, and let everyone know how great they are. That's right. And, and not only that, but brag about it to other people in your office. Yeah. Uh, which I do. I'm, I'm actually pretty good about that. Or, or on a sports team, brag about how great your teammates are when you're on the media. Mm-hmm. You know, That's same, right. Same kind of analogy. That's exactly right. People out there will understand, I think. When uh, Mike or Dane or, or somebody else working for me does a, a, a really exceptional job, good brief, let's say, they've written, um, I will send a blast email to everyone in the firm saying, I just want to brag about John, Mike, Dane, whatever. Um, here, here's a, an attached is a, is a, a sample of, of his writing that he just did. This is one of the best writing pieces I've seen. Please use this as a template for future writing. Way to go, John. And boy, that, that sends, it's great morale in the firm. People know that uh, I have their back and that I respect them for that and they will be appreciated at the end yeah. of the day. So anyway, the bottom line, take 
responsibility, accept the responsibility as often as you can, and then give credit as often as you can. Those two things, if you do that, you'll leave a good life. You'll leave a pleasant life. Uh, you'll lead a life that you can, where you can respect yourself, where other people will respect you. And more importantly, God will respect you. This is Barack Lurie, and this is the Lurie Law Podcast. Take us out, Wilco. We'll